millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, welcome to uh, another emergency edition of the Rotor Report podcast. It's not the one we promised on Twitter, I promise you, we're going to get that out um, <laughs> about the meeting minutes with, with, the, with the club and the fan groups. Um, no, today what we're talking about is, um, well, the sudden departures of several key members of staff in the last couple of days, namely Stuart Donald, who's resigned as his position of chairman. Um, Richard Hill, head of football operations, has gone, as has Chief Scout Tony Corton, obviously uh, a lot to take in, um, stuff we didn't cover off in the last show, which will be out after this one, so we thought we'd get together, have a little chat, and see what the crack is. Uh, with today, I've got Craig again. How are you doing, Craig? Just, just one a day off at this stage. <laughs> just want a bit of peace and quiet from the club, but Same. here we are again. <laughs> Niall, how are we doing? That's your cue to jump in, Niall, are you there? I, mate, I had, I had your mute, I didn't realise. I... Uh, I'm all right, mate. Same as Craig. It's just one thing after another, isn't it? And it's just starting to get a little bit draining now. Like tedious. Mm. Speaking of tedious, Chris wins. Yeah, how you doing? Aye, not bad, mate. Another day, <laughs> another Sunderland mess. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like I say. We've we've all just convened today, trying to get our heads together because, uh, well, as Craig said, they don't give us a day off. Um, everyone listening to this, I'm sure, is aware that there's been some big departures at the club over the weekend. Um, I'll start off probably by reading the club statement uh, regarding Stuart Donald's resignation. So Oscar Chamberlain wrote, Sunland DSA today have announced that Stuart Donald has resigned from his position of chairman of the club. Speaking about the decision Donald said, holding this position has been a privilege and not one I've given up lightly. Results and performances on the pitch have simply not been at a level befitting of Sunland's history and potential. I fully recognise that has caused immense hurt and ultimately the book for the club starting a third success of the season in League One stops with me. To give the club the best chance of achieving its goals, I have made the judgment that is right for me to step back from the chairmanship. In recent months, we have assembled a strong board with relevant experience and skill sets. As the majority stakeholder, my remaining responsibility is to ensure that the club has a requisite financial backing to achieve its primary objective of promotion. I'll get this right in a minute. And I can assure his support as that the club will continue to have the highest playing budget in the division. Otherwise, my intention remains to sell Sunderland to a suitable new owner and I remain personally committed to that goal. I would like to place on record my gratitude for the wonderful support that I have received since my arrival 
Uh, without that support, the club would currently be facing a very uncertain future. Blah blah blah. You slagged us off the other day. Um, Craig, <laughs> your thoughts on Stuart Donald stepping back as chairman? I mean, um, he did threaten to do this in that meeting with the fan group, so it's not really surprising. But still, you know what's happened. Yeah, I'm not sure if when he made that comment in the meeting, whether it was the case that he thought the reaction might have been somewhat different, whether he thought he perhaps had a little bit of cash left in the bank with the fans who might have said, you know, no, please stay. Uh, we want you to stay for X, Y and Z reasons. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, whilst usually I'd welcome any of the Eastley lot getting as far away from the club as soon as possible, I don't really view this as any rager, uh, sorry, real major news, to be honest. I mean, for, for those over a certain age, and I think Chris will remember this as well, back in the mid-90s when... Bob Murray's popularity took a, a dip. John Featherstone replaced him for a brief period, but ultimately Murray still pulled the strings and ran the show as he was obviously the majority shareholder. And I get the feeling that's going to remain the position here. And even as recently as Ella Short passing the book to Martin Bain. Um, but I think by doing what he has, basically Stewart's removing uh, obviously his title as chairman. It's an opportunity for him to absolve himself of, of any responsibility really for running the club or, or for any blame of what's to come. I think it'll also add to his defence that he doesn't need to come up here anymore, which, you know, in reality, he wasn't doing much anyway. He has largely been an absentee owner for almost a year now. Um, we know, of course, last year he handed the keys over to Mark Campbell. And when things didn't finalise, obviously his plans that he had where he was going to sail off into the sunset, a much richer man had to be put on hold. So he had to come back, try and salvage things. But even then, it was quite sporadic when we'd have his appearances it was hit and miss in pre-season and ultimately that's what cost Jack Ross and the squad. And then after the debacle of, you know, the American investment and takeover, he went missing again. We knew that Charlie Methvin assumed the day-to-day -day business in his absence. And of course, whilst I'll accept on that occasion that Stewart State, it was due to his parents being unwell, he still wasn't running the club then. Um, obviously approaching Christmas and just after when Charlie had left, Stewart only made a handful of appearances in the area again. So that led to the questions, where are you? Who's running the club? And then, of course, when the season had ended due to COVID, uh, we went out and appointed Jim Rodwell, who, in the club statement, we described anyway as a man who had vast experience and performed almost every key role within the club. So I would dare say that every like-minded fan knew at that stage that Stewart was basically washing his hands and handing over the keys again to Jim Rodwell to basically do the day-to-day -day operations. So I personally, at this stage, view this as nothing more than like a PR stunt, if you like. Mm. <laughs> again, just taking a step back and, and looking at everybody else's reaction. Whilst, don't get me wrong, I'm also happy to see him, you know, kind of walk away and and hopefully at this stage bring somebody in to run the position as chairman who who actually knows what they're doing. I think celebrations are a little bit premature because the reality is for me, the situation right now is no different to where we were, say, six months ago or anything like that because Stewart hasn't been anywhere near the club. Um, just acknowledging, obviously, the comment about the fans and what you've made, of course, about the slagging off. I mean, that really is a 180, isn't it? Um, you know, he couldn't yeah. muster a single good word to say about us on Thursday afternoon. And then, you know, lo and behold, he goes on record to say he's had wonderful support that he's received. So I'd be interested to know what's changed there because, let's be fair, since Thursday, there's been absolutely no positive comments come his way, maybe besides the odd one on social media. And even the front page of the uh, the local newspaper, the Sunderland Echo, have come out and condemned his comments and said the fans aren't to blame. And, and basically um, shone light on his comments. So it's it's an interesting development, but from my perspective, I more or less just think he's washing his hands and, and like a self, absolving himself of any responsibility or blame, but I think more dark days are still to come. Mm. 
uh, Craig described that as a, a PR move. Chris, do you agree? Yeah, yeah, completely agree. Um, and it's an interesting comparison with the, the Bob Murray move in the mid-90s. Back then, exactly the same now. It was purely to take him out of the uh, out of the limelight. He just wanted to not be that front man. He didn't want people at the club's front door banging, kind of banging the doors in, you know, shouting at him and, and whatever. And he, he basically passed it on to John Featherston, who was a kind of a minority shareholder at the time, just as a, as a front man. And, and Stuart Donald's doing the same, uh, as Craig said. I mean, Craig said, said a lot of it there. He's, um, nothing changes at the club. He's, uh, he's disappeared for the last year. He suddenly came out of hiding, you know, this week, which which is just bizarre. And then in the way that they did it as well. But it's been obvious that he's been putting the pieces in place, you know, with the likes of he's got, he's put Jim Rodwell in place. He's got Neil Fox in place. You know, he's got the likes of Tom Slaughter's on there, who, you know, supporters are supposedly going to latch on to and go, oh, you know, he's one of us. Um, so he's been putting the pieces in place where he can basically say, right, okay, well, those guys can run it. And whenever I'm questioned, I'm just going to turn around and say, well, it's nothing to do with me. I might own the club, but you know, it's them you need to, you need to shout off about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Um, and my worry is about this because he, as I said, he's been putting these people in place and, and so far. I mean, Jim Rodwell has essentially failed at any given opportunity he's had to communicate with the fans and to put kind of strategies or processes in place about, you know, especially with the refunds and stuff like that. And then to see some of the things he came out with at that meeting was just horrific. And if he's now the front man, I think we should be very worried. Uh, well, mm. more worried, uh, in fact, than I think we were before Stuart Donald resigned because I just don't trust Jim Rodwell at the moment. No, me neither. Uh, Niall, I missed an, an important line, I guess, when I was reading the statement out at the top, um, the very last one. Sonnen's new chairman will be appointed following the club's next board meeting. Um, I mean, who who do you think will be the next chairman? It sounds as though it's coming from within the club, doesn't it? Yeah, D- to be honest, I mean, the thing is, mate, like, you know me, I, I get accused of a, a happy clapper and too positive and that, and, and the worrying thing is that I, I can't be that at the minute. Um, I've I've turned, I've completely turned, and anybody who listened to the last podcast I was on obviously thought I was I was far too positive about the situations, but I'm not anymore. I I kind of deal I'm with this anymore. Glad this is recorded. Hi, yeah, it's this is this is just getting a, beyond a joke. I mean, appointing a new chairman. I mean, like like it's like Craig said, we all know who's going to be pulling the strings. We all know he's done it. He's done it for attention. He's done it to show that he is listening to the fans. Maybe he's done it to show, oh, well, I'll give the fans what they want and I'll step down. It means absolutely nothing. Like you've both said, whoever this new um, this new chairman is that comes in is, you know, they're not going to be the chairman. They're not going to make the decisions. It's all going to come from Donald and it's all absolutely pointless, basically, mate. So I don't know who it's going to be. And to be honest, I don't care. Simple as that. Is this week, I mean, just thinking about it, it's taking a step back and looking at what's happened. It, it's just so bizarre that, you know, Thursday he goes to the lengths to, to get the fan groups together, sit down, talk to them about their grievances. And and then because they completely screw it up as usual, um, the reaction is what it was. And then two days later, he resigns from his position. So if, if he was that close to resigning, why go to the trouble of doing that on the Thursday and then making those decisions on the Friday, which we'll probably come on to. Because he's a knack, mate. That's why he does it over and over, doesn't he? But it's, it's just bizarre, the whole, I mean, t- you know, two or three days in the, in the kind of the lifespan of a football club. I mean, it's just bizarre. You can t- you just can't see where he's coming from in terms of his thinking. There was a book written yeah. by Darren Butler a few years ago and it was called How Not to Run a Football Club. 
And I kind of feel like he's following that point by point because I I don't I don't understand. I really don't understand what <laughs> there's no logic behind any of this. It's it he knows that he's gonna get he's he's gonna get absolutely hammered for it on, on everything again. And what what's the point? I mean, people are celebrating that news today, but like we've we've said it, it means nothing. And he, he knows that some fans will think it's a positive thing, but it, it just it's just it's not positive or negative, it's just exactly the same. So yeah, I, I don't get his logic in in any of this anymore. I used I used to I used to believe in him, and this is what hurts because I, I did. But now I I can't. I, I just can't anymore. It's not possible. There's just not enough. He just it just he just mm. looks like he's getting more and more clueless by the day, which is which is terrifying. Craig, he's um obviously we've just mentioned the reaction that that the fallout of the meeting um, on Thursday, Donald appeared to be in full-on defence mode. I mean, did you see this coming? Did you did you feel like this was around the corner? Um, not really, no. Um, which, to be honest, is somewhat of a surprise, considering really he had kind of, I suppose, laid this marker out to say, if you want me to go, I'll go. Um, but to be honest with you, I, I, I still didn't really see it, see it coming this quick. I think the, the turn of events, of course, over the past evening, where we've lost two of the members of staff, it just... I don't know whether they've all just got together and said, you know what, let's just kind of pack it in or actually the fans have been... Ra- well, actually, sorry, I'll scratch that. I, I don't think we'll ever get to a point where they'll acknowledge to the extent that the fans have been right throughout the duration of all of this. But I think Chris was absolutely bang on. If you are 50-50 or so on the fence and you are determining whether you're going to stay or whether you're going to go, you don't sit in a room where you are trying to sort of, you know, unite and you know galvanise your groups and get everybody on the same page and then abuse them all i know that word has come up an awful lot over the past few days but you don't you know kind of target them and say basically you, you're not with us and you know shine a light on the red and white army then shine a light on the fan base and say basically everybody's been misbehaving they've been bang out of order x y and z and then it kind of come out and say oh the fans have been fantastic it's just i, I think Nyla's is absolutely spot on it's almost like they're reading it out of a book because the reality is they're so far out of the depth it's it, it really is frightening and what i would really hope now in terms of everything else that's going on it, it is going to feel like a small victory for some um in terms of you know we've, we've asked for him to obviously to go and try and put foundations in place to leave us in a healthier healthier position but based on the, the recent appointments jim rodwell in particular you know how much confidence do we have that he can actually appoint a replacement that is going to be any better than him because the reality is I imagine CVs are flying in left, right and centre from anybody who has any affiliation to Eastleigh right now. And, <laughs> you know, I, I, we can all have a bit of a joke, but who's going to want to take on this job? Because two days ago, he has basically described what a, a difficult job this can be and how the fans are putting off potential owners or potential investors coming in. And now all of a sudden we have that vacancy. So, they're probably going to look at one set of comments from one department chairman who said, I've had a difficult job. You've abused me. You've abused my family. There was the alleged incident, which I don't want to do too much because I've already laid my comments about it and what I think of it about the incident in Oxford, about obviously his daughter. But if, if you're looking at that as a potential applicant now, you think not a chance, not a chance on earth would I entertain that. So well, it's almost like he's just, you know, kind of added so much fuel to the fire and now he's just pissing off and basically leaving mm. us to fend for ourselves again it's it's ridiculous well it, it I, to be honest i would my my strong suspicion is that it'll just be rodwell who, who steps up as yeah. chairman yeah yeah 
Um, I mean, I don't know if anybody disagrees with that, but it just sort of feels like that's the path they'll take, the cheapest path. No, that, that's what I was saying at the beginning, yeah. Gav. I agree. You can see, though, he's putting, he put him in place. He's putting the pieces in place um, for, for him to be able to do this. But but on that, it's it's the timing as well. I mean, I talked about, you know, this kind of three-day period, but, I mean, if you look at it as a sequential series of events, you know, Thursday, he goes to the lengths to, to get the fan groups together. Friday, he gives this signal that, He's he's at the forefront of this restructuring effort at Sunderland, where he gets rid of you know the head of player recruitment and the head of scouting, and it's uh, and the head of the uh, academy, the academy manager. So he, he's he's now suggesting right, we're going to have this restructuring thing, and then he resigns. So what so what what's changed in twenty four hours? The fact that right, I'm going to restructure this. We're going to go again, and then twenty four hours. All right, I'll leave it to somebody else. So now. We've got nobody in those senior positions, and and we're kind of just like a rudderless ship with nobody with nobody calling the shots at a time when we should be rebuilding for for next season. Sorry for jumping in, but call me a cynic here. But you know, maybe if it's even one of those things where people are going to look at it and think, right now he's he's gone and might be misinterpreted, and they might think, right, I'm just going to flock back and buy me season ticket again. Mm. Um, I mean, like I said, there's there's so many kind of initial thoughts as to what's being mm. done here. But I think everybody's kind of all hit the same note, really, to say you don't come up and fight your cause and then basically throw the towel in two days later. There's, there's, I, it just, it just doesn't add up. Like you know, you're saying Jim Rodwell's going to come in as chairman, and that obviously is what's going to happen. And I mean, you know, after what happened the other day, Jim Rodwell's literally going to be running everything, isn't he? He's going to be director of football. He's, you know, he's going to be operations head of recruitment. He's, he's going to be all of that. <laughs> He's, I think you know, he'd be a front as well. Well, I, I probably will, mate. I, but I mean, that's <laughs> the thing. He's he's literally he is literally going to be doing Bain's job times ten. He's going to be running absolutely everything in that club. And who knows? This is just a shambles, isn't it? I mean, how depressing is this? I need a beer. I need more than a beer. It's just I kind of get my head around <laughs> what's going on. I really can't. I really can't. It's just why is this happening to all our club? Why can't we get it right? It's it's horrible. Well, the. The other thing I'm getting at, right, is, I mean, is this essentially as well, I mean, two years into their, I mean, they said on Thursday it was a five-year project. I don't know where you plucked that one from because I never mentioned that before. But, <laughs> uh, but I mean, two years in, is he essentially admitting that in the, in the appointments of Tony Corton, uh, Reed, and Hill that they got it wrong? Is that what he's saying? Because if he's clearing mm-hmm. the decks now, he's not. there's no way he can turn around and say, oh, well, they were good appointments. Because two yeah. years into their five-year project, he's kicked them out. Well, I, I was—I was going to say. I mean, it feels—it feels a year too late. This doesn't it? So, like, I remember all the chat around um, around the, the, after the the last season when we, we got beaten the playoff final. The talk around it was kind of well, we didn't get recruitment right at all. Um, we, we clearly need some structure on the football and an operational side, so we needed a CEO and a DOF, and nothing happened. We kind of went with the same recruitment team, had another bad couple of windows, didn't change anything operationally until the football stopped in March when we brought Rodwell in. It it just feels a year too late, I think. I don't know what yeah. you lads think, but it's it sort of... Is it, yeah. is it too late or can... can I mean, put it this way, put it this way, say Sunderland, Sunderland don't bring in new owners before the end of next season even, which is entirely possible. Because it does feel as though they're going to have another go at it. If that's the case, I mean, is it is it too late to be making all of these changes? Or yeah, I mean, 
Do you think they um, can still get over it the line? It possibly is too late, mate. It's like, um, you know, like I said earlier in the in the chat, that there's nobody left at that football club who's been employed by that football club within the last two years. Um, that That's the way they've went about it because it's cheaper to get rid of those people. If you've been there for three years, it's more expensive, so so they're keeping them. Um, and it looks like Corton um, and Hill have came under that category, and I think it's he, he's kind of, he's probably telling them that, but it's, it is an excuse because they haven't been good enough in... Yeah, it, is it too late? I'd, I don't know. I think it, it had to be done. Yeah, I was going to come onto the I was going to come onto the recruitment side. Actually, I'll re- I'll quickly read out the statement which was on the website. It wasn't as long as Donald's. Um, Sunday FC can this evening confirm Richard Hill and Tony Corton have left the club with immediate effect. Both joined Sunday in twenty eighteen, undertaking the roles of head of, head of football operations and head of recruitment, respectively. The board would like to place on record its gratitude to both Richard and Tony for their contribution and dedication over the past two years. All at Sun and wish them well in their future endeavours. Now, interestingly, there was nothing about replacing them where there was with Stuart. Um, yeah. And I did mention this on Twitter, so I don't mind talking about it. But I had been given the impression when I spoke to somebody at the club um, earlier in the week that uh, there was a big push from. A lot of people higher up to go towards a data recruitment model, which wasn't necessarily supported by Corton Hill and um, and Stuart Donald. I was told that there was a number of players already in talks with the club, including Nanjale, um, Luke Garbutt, Fraser, who was at Burton, uh, was one of them, and I think Bailey Wright. But obviously, with the income and salary cap, um, it's going to happen. I mean, it hasn't been confirmed, but it was vote. The only there was only two clubs actually voted, um, for the salary cap not to to be put in place. So it's going to happen. The club have to prepare for that. Um, it what it means is is that basically Sunderland are now from this summer going to be in a position where we have to sign players from a lot smaller pool than we have, well, what we have done the last two years. So we're not now able to offer the same wages. So players like Wright, who would have been coming in on championship wages little bit older over the hill, but somebody that maybe Parkinson wanted, well, we probably can't afford, well, we can't afford to bring those players in now. And what, what we're going to have to do is look into the, the lower reaches of League One and League Two for players who you might not necessarily have heard a lot about, but statistically they do, they do you know, measure up fairly well. They would, if we're looking specifically for a type of striker, for instance, that can do a certain job, then there is a model... I believe in place that the the club will will use, and there was a big um, there was a big divide on whether that so that was the way it, forward, you know. And obviously with with Hill and with Hill, well, I'd say with with Hill and Court and gone, it would certainly suggest that if what I've been told is true, that's the that's the way we're going to yeah. go. We're going to go down a diff- completely different route with recruitment, which yeah. makes us think that's why it hasn't been mentioned. Sounds a bit like Moneyball, doesn't it? Yeah, like, well, is that what they're trying to do? Because. Like, <laughs> Well, I guess, I guess so. It's it'll be something yeah. similar to that. I mean, it's it's to be fair, it it's the way we should have went. Yeah. The thing is, mate, the thing yeah. is, with Moneyball, right? People always forget the years never actually won the World Series. It doesn't. It you know that that's the truth. It doesn't. It doesn't work. <laughs> well, well, well. You say you say you say it doesn't work, but Brentford could be automatically promoted using a similar model. Not necessarily Moneyball. But there's certainly there is there is value in data. I'm not talking necessarily all the way to the top, but you've only got to look at someone like Coventry, who got promoted, clever with their recruitment. You know, Oxford very clever with their cr- recruitment did come very close. So you, I don't think it's necessarily it's it's not a radical change. It's sort of Sunderland getting with the times. You've got to remember that 
whilst the in Donald's parting statement he said we would have the highest playing budget, that probably includes paying the wages of players who have left, wages of players who are still here, the likes of, uh, I don't know, Greg Gooch, you would imagine, are top earners. So Sunderland are going to have a big playing budget by default, you know. Mm. Um, but what we have to now do is is shop in a smaller pool of players, which is why this this news for, uh, regarding Corton and Hill, whilst we all do want to see the ownership change and it doesn't feel as though they're going away anytime soon, it means we're going to be a, maybe a little bit more sensible with recruitment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was going to come to you on this, Chris. I don't know if you have any sort of thoughts, round of thoughts on recruitment specifically, but the news that they've left um, certainly does pose more questions than answers, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, going back going back to the... Because you asked the question about the timing and, and maybe it should have yeah. been done a year ago. And I'm not, I'm not going to necessarily disagree with that because there's, there's a good argument for that. But I think they might have gotten away with that because I think I think the owner's biggest mistake was was Phil Parkinson. Because at the time of that, even though you know there were all of these other issues in the background, if they'd get that appointment right, um, there's now every chance we could be looking ahead to a season in the championship next year. And if that was the case, if they'd made that appointment right, everything was good on the pitch, and we'd getting into those top top places. Okay, I'm sure all of the other issues that have been raised recently, the meeting on Thursday. That would have all been swept under the carpet. There would have been no need for discussions on that. Everyone would have been looking forward to the championship. I'm not necessarily saying that's right because the issues would have still been there, but it would have saved them a lot of headaches and it would have, they would be a, a lot more popular than they are now because the failure of the appointment of Phil Parkinson has, has kind of amplified all of the other problems um, that were they were essentially mm. getting away with if it, if it was going right on the pitch. Now, moving forward, because they appointed Phil Parkinson and they appointed Phil Parkinson under the the structure of having Hill and Corton in there to, to help him with the recruitment, uh, it, it, he appears to be kind of old school where he's Phil Parkinson, you know, he relies on his good feeling, oh, he's a good lad, he'll, he, you know, he'll do well in the middle of the park and all that mm. sort of stuff. So where does he fit with if we do move to this data model and we actually analyze players i mean does he is the data just part of the the recruitment because at the moment as we stand right now you know trying to prepare for this new season phil parkinson is is the only person who's who's in that structure at at sunderland football club which scares me again good point you've made there because um when you look at how parkinson was appointed there was a big play from from methan and donald especially to bring him in Neither are now involved in the day-to-day run of the club, as as it appears anyways. I know Donald will still be hovering around in the background, as will Methan, but if they have indeed handed the reins to, to Jim Rodwell and he becomes chairman, you have to wonder, would he have appointed Phil Parkinson? Would Based on the knowledge that we have now, that, well, maybe the club's having to go down a different route. Mm. Um, and that makes you wonder, doesn't it? Does Phil Parkinson see this through? Because... The, the changes uh, might not necessarily be finished, you know. Yeah. He did fail to get pro- Sunderland promoted. We were told when he came in that his objective was promotion. He didn't deliver it by whatever, you know. Obviously, the circumstances were strange around it, but we weren't on track to be promoted, which is why we didn't qualify for the playoffs. Do you think Phil Parkinson sees us through, Niall? I, I, uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. I, I, you know me, I've, I've always... I, I don't mind Parkinson in a sense because... I think the fact that obviously we've got him for free, he's come in, he's he's been promoted from that league. I, to be honest, mate, I, I don't think he's a bad manager. And but but like what Chris says, 
I don't think he's one he's one for the data, you know, for the money, but I don't think that'll be him. Um so See you say I'm sorry to step in, but I don't know about that. Me, necessarily by saying that I mean um do I think Phil Parkinson is suited to working in that model? No. But do I think he is a yes man who would deal with whatever mm. they throw at him? Absolutely. Yeah, I so agree. I kind of, you know, I don't, I don't believe necessarily that he would refuse to work under them circumstances. I think Parkinson has shown, particularly when he was at Bolton, that he doesn't really mind what the circumstances are. He will find a way yeah. to work within them. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess so it just depends how much power that Rodwell has, doesn't it, Chris? Phil Parkinson will never in his managerial, managerial career, for the rest of his career, manage a club the size of Sunderland again. It's his chance. Yeah. It's his chance. And he's not, he's not going to quit. He's not going to let it go. It doesn't matter if they said, oh, you know, we're going we're gonna to demote you. You're not going to be the manager anymore. You're now Sunderland head coach or something like that. He'll still stay here because, mm. you know, if, if, he, if he gets Sunderland promoted, then instead of being a, seen as a, a League One or a League Two manager, oh, yeah, Phil Parkinson, yeah, he's a lower league manager, he'll suddenly become, oh, you know, I can throw my hat in for championship uh, jobs and, and things like that be, on the back of what he's done at Sunderland. Um, and th- this is his chance to change around, you know, where he's, he's standing in the game. So he's not gonna he's not gonna let that go lightly. But um, you know, whenever this season starts, the talking, you know, September, October, whenever it is, um, you know, six games in, if we're not solidly in the top six, uh, you know, I, I don't think he's got a chance. Well, let's let's just hope that um, they give us a couple of days off because I'm sick of having to run around and record these podcasts. Um, <laughs> I just want to just a couple of days off. Just be quickly nice. before we before we go, can I can I just ask you a question because I'm not sure on this. You know, you know the salary cap that's coming in. Can is there ways yeah. around it? Like, can we offer pe- players bigger sign on bonuses or something like that? Or uh, you know, is that like can that happen? Or I'll be just... honest. I'll be honest. I'm not entirely sure, as if Chris knows. But um... uh, well, I, I would guess if you if you go back and how Sunderland got promoted in 1990. Uh, where all right, there was no cap, but uh, Swind- Swindon Town were illegally paying players to to get them cheaper and all this sort of stuff. Um, uh, I I I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna put rules in because I I think with bonuses it'll go in it, it'll essentially be you can it's called a salary cap I guess but it'll be a what you can give to players and it'll be the same pot whether it's a bonus or salary you're only allowed to spend so much annually on giving players money. Um, mm. and it'll all come from the same pot is, is my guess yeah like I say um, I just want a couple of days off honest I do <laughs> but people people listen to this you'll be able to um, you'll be able to pick up our chat around the meeting minutes which we were hoping to go very quickly but we ended up talking for nearly two and a half hours it was really <laughs> in depth well worth your time uh, we got a lot, a lot off our chest to me particularly because I was raging I don't think I slept much because of the <laughs> the night before um, but yeah that's coming your way in the next couple of days and obviously keep an eye out for that and I think uh, you was it you who chatted with Paul Bracewell it was Chris? it was yes I think we've got that coming that this week as well so if people want to keep an eye out for that Good listen stuff. to Paul talk about his time at the club he's three spells wasn't it yeah three spells at Sunderland great yeah. player so thank you very much for joining us cheers Niall cheers Chris and Craig who's already dropped off and we'll catch you all later cheers lads thank you spot on
Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.